0: intention interior trucking companies if you are relying on facility insurance you could be overpaying reduce your insurance cost by ten thousand or more per truck and good news we accept drivers with only one year of experience to learn more just send us text by typing insurance to 365 364 0714 thank you Hey, good morning. Happy Friday and thanks for coming back to watch visit with us. Watch visit. Yeah, join in on the fun here at the Trucking Risk and Insurance podcast with your hosts Chris Harris of Safety Dog and John Farquhar of Summit Risk Solutions. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about recruiting. You know, from a driver's perspective and, and from a safety management perspective, there's some recent information in the in the truck news. And we thought, hey, what a great topic to discuss with everybody. So let's dig in and uh, let's have a conversation. Johnny. Hey, Chris, how you doing? Good, my friend. Good, good. Yeah. We
1: are talking about recruiting. What's happening in this article? It starts off, well, sorry, let me uh, bring this thing up. Yeah, bring it up. I, I, can, think it's, uh, I think it's
0: some great information uh, that's uh, that's being shared from uh, Michael Zalek of uh, Wellington Motor Freight. Some really good stuff.
1: Yeah, so let, let me just take it back to this. So this is what yeah. uh, it looks like. And then I clicked on the article Yep. And James Minzi, who is also awesome all the time. Yes, does a great, great job.
0: Great reporter. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Supporting us in yep. our industry. Um, yep. so the first one question. Yeah. Who's supposed to be asking the right questions?
0: Well, that's a good question, because a lot of times uh, both sides of the party, you know, whether it be the safety management team or the recruiting team or even the driver are not asking the right questions, let alone enough questions. But this here in particular is talking about the driver. You need to ask more questions and you need to ask the right questions about what's going on at this location, at this potential employer.
1: Yeah. And, you know, there's so many questions to be asked from a driver's point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Y- you know, like, what am I applying for? Uh, yeah. Is it yeah. local work? Is it long haul? Is it, you know, Chicago and back?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, what how, type how can I get that, you know, how can I get that work lifestyle balance and whatnot? So well, one of the things that's really interesting is here is is drivers have a tendency to come out right off the gate and go, how much does it pay? Which yeah. is not the right question to be asking because, well, what it pays isn't relevant until you know what it is you're going to do. What type of work is involved? You know, so to, to jump out and go, well, what's a pay? I just want to know how much it pays and so let's get on. No, it's not, that's not relevant. You need to know what the job is about because not all trucking jobs are the same. Well, no, and and to defend the driver who says, "Hey,
1: what does it pay?" I remember, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in my earlier days when I was much younger, um, it because I I lived paycheck to paycheck. It mm-hmm. was all about what do you pay because I was willing to make the sacrifices of mm-hmm. being away from home if that's what was required, um, in order to make good money, because I had kids that were active, you know, in all the, uh, dance and, and Taekwondo and hockey and all that kind of stuff. And I had to pay the bill. So, you know, it, in the early days, when I was in my twenties and thirties, it probably largely was all about the money. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was a different time back then. That's for sure. Well, I mean, a different point in my life. Um, mm-hmm. at my age now, it, it wouldn't yep. be all about the money It would absolutely no. be as you are, are talking about, Hey, what, what's the work, uh, yeah. and what's a lifestyle ba- balance. I yep. do want to be home yep. frequent. Yep. Out. It's different, it, you know, so yeah. maybe it yeah. depends a little bit on your, uh, where you
0: are in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, but Yeah. What type well, we of know work is we know a lot. Of, a lot of the younger people today are are much more socially active, oh, you know. Yeah. So they, they they don't want that work life to interfere with their social, uh, you know, opportunities. Work meet with friends, spend time with friends, and whatnot, you know. Which makes it very difficult when you're driving five six days a week, you know. So so it becomes a challenge. So that's where it's really important to be asking those questions. Well, what kind of work? What type of schedule? What are we doing? Are we long haul, short haul? And again, what is your life? What are you looking for? You know, are you looking to go long haul? Then, okay, then talk to people. Maybe it's a good company that doesn't do much long haul. They go, well, yeah, but we don't keep you out for a week. But you know what? We could get you out for three days, have you home one night, get you out for another day or so, and then you're home for the weekend. You know, so you can fill the week up. So, again, this is all part of asking the right questions of, what does the job entail? Well, and, and the other uh, thing about
1: pay, it, you might ask, how do you pay? Um, yes. Because as yes. our listeners may remember, John and I have gone on um, about hourly pay in the past. So mm-hmm. it could be, you know, are you paying paid hourly? Are you yep. um, by the mile? Are you by the load? All the different incentive mm-hmm. plans. So, mm-hmm. how do you pay is a legit question. Uh, in this article, the second question or the second point, uh, let me just show you here, you know, um, but be aware of the pitfalls of driver Inc. Yes. And yes, John, what are some of those pitfalls of the driver?
0: the, The sad part of, of driver Inc is, you know, you're, you're, you're treated as an incorporated driver. And I don't know. I still don't understand. I, I did this years ago. I'll be honest with you. I was an incorporated driver. And I'd never do it again because there's no protection there. Um, there's labor laws in place to make sure that you were paid appropriately as an employee, proper deductions. Don't be afraid of those deductions. You're going to pay them later anyway. But if you do it up front, There's also statutory holiday pay you'll get, vacation pay that you'll get. You'll get protection. Um, The the motor carrier just can't terminate you as an employee. You know, there has to be a severance package and and whatnot and negotiated properly. Um, Workers' compensation coverage is is, uh, needed to be in place. And there's so many... Protections as an employee to the company that I think drivers don't understand. They just think, "Ooh, fatter paycheck." Well, not really, not necessarily. Well, there's studies out there that say driver inc is actually less. Pay. Exactly. Um, well, well, because the opportunity is there. I've seen it with employers to go, "Oh, well, if if you're a driver, you're going to make this much." And and if you're a Driver Inc., well, you're going to make this much less, you know. Yeah. So because, well, I don't have to do the payroll. I don't have to do the tax deduction. So I'm not going to pay them to you.
1: Well, and the, the one, I just wrote an article for Over the Road Magazine. It's not out yet mm-hmm. um, as we record this, but it will be soon. And one of the pitfalls of Driver Inc. is overtime pay. Um, yep. However, and I yep. say that, and I know damn well that there are many companies that do not compute Mm -hmm, overtime. mm -hmm. Um, Yep, exactly. Legally, federally regulated companies are supposed to pay overtime after 60 hours. And by the way, viewers and listeners, it doesn't matter how you get paid. It doesn't matter that you're being paid by the mile. Right. If you work more than 60 hours, which should be documented because Mm -hmm. that's your on-duty time. If you get paid more... Or sorry, if you work more, you are supposed to be getting paid overtime if you are an employee. Yep. So just be aware
0: of that. Yeah. So, you know, you're screwing yourself out of these uh, protections and advantages by not being an employee. Well,
1: yeah. And there is so much. Whether you're uh, provincially regulated, um, state regulated, Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. regulated by the Canadian. uh, Well, look at that. So, um, <laughs> interruptions of phone calls, uh, we we'll use, we we'll use my phone as uh, my camera, but <laughs> so John says, we just, we're wrapping that subject up the advantages of being an employee, um, mm-hmm. and the protections involved. Yep. Number three in this list here, let me pull it up. And see if I can do it right. Yes. Number three, research the fleet as closely as
0: they research you. Great point. Yes, big time. Well, you know what? You need to look into it. Look on Facebook. Look on their website. Uh, Don't be afraid to even take uh, go on the SMS website. It's free to the public. You know, you can see the interactions of that motor carrier and the – violations maybe that they're having, alert statuses, look at seeing the number of crashes they're having. And, and don't be afraid to even ask the motor carrier during the interview process, what is your carrier profile score for the province, like a CBOR for Ontario? What is your score? What is your crash rate? You know, um, how do you maintain your vehicles? Uh, do you have newer vehicles, older vehicles? You know, h- how is the maintenance conducted? When is the maintenance conducted? All these are good stuff that you should know as a driver before you go working there. Yeah, and, and here's a copy.
1: If you just take a look here, that is where you can research a carrier. Yep. And all you would do just very quickly hit that and come to simple search. And in this yep. case, we'll type in Wellington. And we know a little bit about them. Yep. Um, because we know they are from Canada, A. Eh? Yep. And yep. Ontario based. And we'll hit search. And now look at that. We found and with a little click here, we can take a look at their public record in the yep. States. And exactly. very shortly, by the way, we John and I are going to talk about SMS and safety scores in general and how sure. they affect uh, your insurance rates. But as a driver, you can be checking out a potential based
0: employer yeah exactly and this is a great tool for that purpose you know and if you know somebody that works at the motor carrier reach out to them call them if you're in the interview process with the employer ask them uh about some drivers they could you could talk to to kind of get some information so you can find out how good's the company how do they work you know if the employer is not willing to give you any of that information my suggestion is run Go find another employer, because if they're not going to share you information about them, you don't need to be working for them.
1: Yeah, and sorry, I'm just trying to do a little research here. My link to, um, it's funny, I know the MTO is revamping their whole website, Mm -hmm. and Mm so I just, I wanted to, um, well, I can't find it. Yeah. I was looking because there is a public website where you can go there and actually take a look at the carrier safety rating in Ontario. Yes,
0: yes for free, at no cost. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, yes.
1: Why wouldn't you want to work for a carrier that has a satisfactory rating as opposed to one who has a conditional rating? Conditional
0: rating, correct. Uh, exactly, so, exactly.
1: Uh, yep. I will try to find that, and once I do, I will put that in the show notes down below. But, Perfect. Uh, So let's carry on. So we got safety scores. What else are they trying to tell tell us? Uh, Oh, (laughs) Uh, I like this one, Johnny. I like this one. Trust your eyes. Yes. Images and everything. I mean, I once, one of my carriers, I walked in and they were in a trailer, which is fine. A a trailer, but... One day I grabbed the owner because he was complaining about uh, having trouble recruiting. And I said, well, come here, mm-hmm. let's mm-hmm. take a walk through. Yep. He said, what do you mean? And I said, look how dirty this place is.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm afraid mm-hmm. to touch anything. Yeah, exactly. And
1: he looked and he hadn't seen it the way yep. I was describing it to him. I right. said, you know, what's the first impression of an applicant coming here? Mm-hmm. And credit to this, uh, to my customer, the next time I showed up about a month later, Mm-hmm. The place was spick and span. He Perfect. spent the time yep. and really scrubbed and he made the place presentable. I don't mind yes. working in a trailer. Yeah.
0: But well, you know what? It's 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 a temporary location, you know, and right now real estate is outrageous to be buying and trying to set up a yard and a terminal and whatnot. So, hey, those guys getting started are going to start out in trailers maybe there for a couple of years and whatnot. But you're exactly right. There's no need for it to be a dirty mess. You want it to be inviting for people, you know, even <laughs> not only drivers, but how about prospective suppliers, you know, uh, your insurance folks that are going to come in, your insurance broker, right? The the authorities show them that, yeah, we operate out of a trailer, but this is as clean as the inside of my home. Hopefully it's super clean, but you know, it's inviting and that's the idea what you want because the the presentation of your office, the environment you work in, will tell you whether you're successful or not. Yes. And I really don't want to work for a company that is not successful. Well, I'll tell you, just
1: going off... Going, going off on a tangent, um, mm-hmm. I was with, when I was working for the insurance company, uh, mm-hmm. the vice president at the time and myself, we had to go down to Windsor. And on yep. the way down, he said, hey, let's stop and see uh, this client. They've had a few problems. I mm-hmm. said, okay. So I knew where that client was. And we pulled in and it happened to be a trailer. And this is a different client, by the way, than the one I just described. Mm-hmm. Um, and we knocked on the door and we had an appointment. We went in. And it was a trailer, and it was, to be kind, disheveled. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. There was stuff everywhere. And Mm -hmm. after we left, the VP said, we are non-renewing at the Mm -hmm. first opportunity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he had to explain to me, because I was pretty new. I was probably Mm -hmm. six months into my uh, journey with the insurance company, and uh, I was still learning a lot, and he pointed things out. You know, like if this is how he keeps his business premise, what does he really care about anything? And he knew we were coming like,
0: (laughs) yep, exactly, exactly. Yeah. If if that's what your business um, image looks like, then what does your business practices look like? Usually it's a mess just as well. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and, and kind of, I just something popped into my head here actually, and and I want to kind of go back one question, because it does tie in here a little bit, is when you have a company that doesn't have a good image, and usually that office environment is the first one that does it, right? But I'm seeing companies that are using the driver ink model, and they're working off the driver to make money, or in essence, not pay you. Uh, I'm seeing companies that are taking and finding the driver, you get a violation. Well, you get a violation on the road, you know, you, you maybe you got an hours of service violation or whatever be, you're going to possibly get a fine. Well, then the company turns around and fines you again for getting that fine. <laughs> That's illegal under the Employment Act with Labor Canada. You yeah. can't do that. So it's another protectionism to be careful of the company you're working for. So again, back to that view of that company that if they're looking kind of messy, yeah, there's a good chance they're probably using different tactics to not pay you all the money that they should. Well, and some of the companies that I'm aware of that
1: use the driver ink bottle will actually charge you, if you have a crash,
0: mm-hmm. they will
1: charge you either a portion or the whole deductible
0: Yep. for that crash. Yep, yep. and that's, that's illegal. And I've also seen some companies that will charge you for training time because, well, if you come into my company and you're not experienced, you know, I'm gonna hire a guy that's got six months or out of school or whatever. Well, you're not to our standard. We want somebody with two years, we gotta train you. So I'm gonna have to charge you to train you in order to do that. You can't do that. That's illegal. That's the employer's responsibility to to it train you to the level that needs to be to operate that equipment. They can't charge you for that. That's illegal. Well, and, and so that takes us back to two questions. One. Ask
1: the right questions. Exactly. Like, what happens to my paycheck when I have a crash? Because if you're exactly. a driver ink driver, um, it's probably in the contract. Because the yep. the one I saw, it was right in the contract. However, mm-hmm. who in the heck reads contracts?
0: Yeah, is the yeah. other problem, or even um, understands them sometimes.
1: Yeah, and then be aware yeah. of the pitfalls of driver ink. Uh um, yep. And so we'll just. And then all related to oh. trust your eyes. Oh,
0: exactly. Exactly.
1: So carrying on with yep. this, this is a yep. great article. I got to thank yep. uh, Zell uh, at Wellington Motor Freight for this. Yes. But, uh, yep. Talk about communications.
0: Big time. You know, Big time. It, how, how, how are we communicating? How often are we communicating? Who do I communicate with? You know? What if I have questions? Who do I talk to? You know, do I? Does everything go through dispatch? Well, what if I have a problem with dispatch? Who do I talk to to, to address those situations or concerns? Yeah, and who do I talk
1: to if I have a crash? Uh, yep. Not all things are uh, um, dispatch. No. Or shouldn't no. be dispatch. Now in a smaller company, uh, like a 10 truck fleet, well, you're probably dealing with the owner anyways, which is dispatch and safety. I mean, the smaller companies, they wear many hats and I understand Mm -hmm. that part. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm
0: -hmm. Yes, exactly. uh,
1: If, you know, who do you talk to for different situations? How do you request time off?
0: Because Lord Exactly.
1: We all need. Who do I talk to?
0: Yeah, get that information up front during the uh, the interview process. Yeah, Uh, think about the future. Mm. What is the Mm -hmm. future of the company? Yep. What are they talking about here, John? Well, we're we're talking about longevity. You know, uh, what are what is the company's plans, aspirations? How big are you looking to grow? What type of runs are you looking to do? What type of freight? Um, But at the same time. Uh, For the driver, ask yourself, what do you want to do? What are your aspirations as a driver? Where do you want to take your career? You know, like maybe right now you're doing drive in or something like that. uh, And then you've got the opportunity that I would love to get into over dimensional freight. Okay, well, then you need to look at you're not going to get a job working for somebody that is 100% over dimensional freight right away. You need to graduate up there. So you need to look at somebody that maybe does some flatbed work and go, hey, I'd love to come work for you guys. Or maybe it's somebody does drive-in and flatbed. So talk to them say, I'll do some drive-in and I'd like to learn how to do flatbed. Could you teach me and train me and, you know, transition me into that role? So it's knowing what that carrier is wanting to do themselves. And the good carriers...
1: Providing you are a good driver, it goes yep. hand in hand. If yep. you are a good driver, the good carrier doesn't want to see you go. So they're going to right. say, yes. Oh, you want to yes. get more skills? Yep. Yeah, we're going to help you with that.
0: Exactly. I want I to advance your career. I want yeah. to keep you. Yeah.
1: Uh, absolutely. Look at this last question. This is for owner operators only, mm, and as mm-hmm. I'm surprised at the language. But look yep. at down here. It says a good rate can become crap.
0: <laughs> yep. Can
1: become crap if you have to pay for the plates, insurance, and yep. holdbacks.
0: Yep. Well, yep. yep, as
1: an owner operator, well, again, ask the
0: right questions. Exactly, and before. Please, 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 before you sign that owner-operator agreement, get legal counsel looking at it, right? Even your accountant have them look at it. I have seen some very disgusting contracts that owner-operators are signing, and they're being held to dollar amounts that they can't even revenue have a crash and now all of a sudden you've got to pay a larger deductible than what the insurance company is providing of the carrier Um, you have to pay for all your fuel and you have to pay for it now but you're not going to get paid for 60 days Um, or you decide to leave and they're going to hold your money for six months and like there's just disgusting contracts out there so not only read them get them reviewed, get legal advice on it, because this is about to lock you into something you don't need. Well, in most of the
1: contracts, um, well, if the company won't allow you the time to review the contract, that's a yep. red
0: flag. That's a red flag right away. Yes. Um, yes.
1: Often the company says that in their disclaimer where you sign the contract says you were afforded the opportunity Yes. To have it reviewed by a lawyer. Yes.
0: And so few of you do. Yep. Uh, So
1: few owner-operators do.
0: The the unfortunate aspect, as an owner-operator, you've got a lot of money invested into the equipment that you Uh own, that you operate and whatnot. The last thing you need to do is make a knee-jerk reaction on moving from one motor carrier to another. You need to know all the ins and outs, what's all the pitfalls. I actually just seen a contract uh, here uh, a couple weeks ago. That was um, three paragraphs long. That was it. It was so vague. It was scary. It allowed the motor carrier to do whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted. And the owner operator was expected to sign it. And it's like no you need to set the parameters in this and then i see some that are like 10 12 pages long and they're very hard to read and they've got so many deductions and penalties and well if you're late you'll get fined this if you get a violation you'll get fined this you know um if you need to borrow money from the company like advancement or something then you have to pay these exuberant interest rates like guys pay attention to what you're about to sign And always get it reviewed by legal counsel. They'll give you the best advice. There's a lot of great carriers out there that have very good contracts. But even then, still have it reviewed so that you better understand what it says in layman's terms.
1: Well, I think it starts the relationship off between you and the carrier on the right foot. If you understand what your obligations are, as well as what the carrier obligations are, because it's all put out (laughs) in writing. Understand you probably are not going to be able to change the contract because the carrier paid the lawyer bill in the first place to have Mm -hmm. it crafted to their advantage Mm -hmm. by the Mm -hmm. way to their advantage so it's it's really important you understand it because you're signing a commitment
0: right right well and guaranteed that motor carrier they're also signing contracts with clients, customers, suppliers, and whatnot, and they're taking the time to review those. You can be guaranteed the motor carrier is not willy-nilly, knee-jerk reaction signing those agreements, right? You know, unless they're silly enough to go, well, geez, it's a load at 4 o'clock on Friday and I need it. You just better sign that agreement. And that's a big mistake because then you don't know what you're getting into from liability perspective. So, but guaranteed, they'll be taking the time to review those documents and whatnot. And so and, and if you have concerns, like, like Chris says, if you can't make a change to it, at least be asking some questions about it. Is this a situation you really want to be in? And if they won't make those changes and this is against you in a very negative fashion, maybe you need to walk away and go find somewhere else. Um, so lastly, we're just going to be wrapping up in a few minutes. <laughs> but
1: you had mentioned, so these were all questions mostly about the applicant, whether they're yep. owner, operator, driver, Inc. or employee yep. asking of the company. How about the recruiter? Yep. What questions should the recruiter be asking and and what questions should an applicant
0: be ready for? Hmm. Well, you know, obviously experience. Um, I'm seeing a lot of new Canadians coming over from abroad and they have prior experience, you know, whether it be operating in India, Scotland, Ireland, Dubai, anywhere, you know, they've, they've driven truck before. Yes, it's a different vehicle, different environment, but still it's driving experience. And I don't think enough drivers are giving themselves credit for that experience But you can by making sure that you have contact information for your previous employers. And I don't think recruiters are asking these questions about, well, do you have prior experience over in that country? Or, you know, maybe a driver from the U.S. coming to Canada, um, moving to Canada or something. Uh, Those are some key areas to be asking for, not just what do you have for experience here in Canada, because that other experience will be good. But I think one of the other things is, is recruiters can help set the driver up for a more successful opportunity in an interview by going, I'd like you to ask me questions about this area, this topic, so I can share this information with you, you know, help that driver be better prepared for that interview and, and help them understand what they're about to get into and ask them the questions of what are you looking to do? What type of freight do you want to haul? Where do you want to go? Because, then you can set realistic expectations that if somebody wants to do nothing but run Texas and you guys, all you do is go Ohio, don't try to tell them, oh, okay, well, we'll see if we can get you to Texas. No, you're not going to do it. So, you know, you're better off to say, well, let's not hire him. He, he doesn't want to do what we do, so let's not hire him. But you know what? Maybe I know another carrier that does go to Texas, and you should go talk to these guys. Well, that um, recruiters should
1: also have a list of approved mm-hmm. questions. When I say approved, yep. ones that have been vetted by upper management so that yep. you know uh, or you have a great deal of confidence that these are legal questions. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, um, sometimes recruiters can get themselves into trouble by asking questions that are yes. not legal. Um, yes. And, you know, I should have been fired so many times when I was a recruiter. <laughs> And I'm laughing, but I'll tell you the question, John. Uh, Often, you know, that you make a connection with the applicant. You get along and you can tell that there's a genuine respect going back and forth between the two people. And this is not a legal question. I don't pretend it is, and I probably should Mm -hmm. have been fired for, but I am a proud Canadian. And the, the question I would ask an immigrant sometimes is, of all the countries in the world that you could have gone to, why in the heck did you choose Canada and mm-hmm. i 'll tell you the responses from those people made me proud because I was privileged. Cool. I was born here yeah um, yep. and i don 't see it i don 't see our country the way many immigrants see our country, and the right. responses I got just made me proud and good deal uh, you know and by the way, most of the time, the answer was for my kids, for my children, so that wow. they could have a better opportunity. Uh, than I could have had back in whatever yep. land they were coming from. Yep. Um, you know, so most immigrants told me that they did it for their kids. Yep. Um, and because some of them, as you know, John, some of these people are very well educated truck drivers. Mm-hmm. Oh, they got yes, a greater yes. education than I ever had. Yes. And, yes. Uh, for whatever reason, their doctorate or their, their background wasn't recognized in Canada, yes. which is yeah. a shameful. It is a shame. It is a shame. Yeah. You know, but they became a truck driver and they yeah. sacrifice all this stuff for their kids. So great. Mm-hmm. And last cool. thing I just want to share, since we did go off on that tangent, well, not a tangent, but, um, I just want to say, Hey, uh, I'll put a link to the download yes. because there's, about a hundred questions in here that you can download for free, uh, in this book that I did write and you can get it for free, digital download. Um, give it away. There's a lot of questions. It's only, God, I forget how many pages the book is. Uh, it's not long, but, uh, you know, you should get yourself a copy. If you're a recruiter, you should get yourself a copy. If you're a truck driver, maybe you want a copy. I just thought of this. Maybe you want a copy because you might, get better prepared for questions that uh, recruiters are going to ask you. Great idea. And the last thing I want to throw out there to applicants is be prepared. My God, every trucking company has virtually the same application process. So the questions from one company are going to be asked at almost Mm -hmm. every, when it comes to the paperwork part, Mm -hmm. you know, 10 years Mm -hmm. of experience, all that come prepared. My yes, goodness! Yes. It makes a much yeah. better impression.
0: Well, it does. You know, it, it, nothing wrong with coming with a booklet in front of you, your notebook or whatever, to be able to say, "Here's my standard questions I want to ask," and write them down so that way you can compare one employer to another employer yeah. to another employer. You know, that's a good investigative process. There's nothing wrong with applying at multiple different employers. Don't just go to one to get a, that'll give you a job and go to work. Find the right one. There's lots of good motor carriers out there to work for. Unfortunately, there's a number of bad ones that you can get sucked in quickly.
1: Yeah. um, You can put lipstick on a pig. Just remember that. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's still a pig. (laughs) (laughs) All right. John, I think with that beautiful thing, I'll turn it over to you to wrap it up.
0: Hey. Thanks for joining us here on the Trucking Risk and Insurance Podcast. So make sure if you're getting value out of this, and even if you're not anyway, subscribe, like, hit that bell on the uh, little icon and uh, get the uh, notification as to when the next one's coming out and whatnot. And thanks again for joining Chris Harris and John Farquhar on the Trucking Risk and Insurance Podcast. Enjoy the weekend. Have a good day. We're out.